Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. Welcome, Dr. Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well. It's yeah. one of my favorite holidays today. Yes, April <laughs> Fool's Day. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it's a great day, especially because it's um, the week of um, before Easter. And so this is just really good to have such a joyous day today. Yes. Yes, uh, April is. Fools. Yes, has anyone played any practical jokes on you? Or no, you but some people thought I was playing one on them, but I was all serious. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I'm serious. I'm serious," and they still didn't believe me. <laughs> yes, 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 because you have that comical laugh today. Yes, and always, yeah. So today we have a special guest on our show. His name is Mike Cateo. Welcome, Mike. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing good, good. Yeah, so let me tell you what's so special about Mike. Mike is actually a social worker that um, graduated with his master's from New York University. And Mike, you know, um, social work and counseling and everybody, you guys think that's all serious and dull and all that. But Mike, no, Mike has found a way to make it funny. He's even created the Funny Shrink University. And he focused on trauma, but he focused on helping people through a lot of different techniques, but one of his main techniques is humor. Welcome, Mike. How are you doing? Thank you so much for that introduction. I'm great. I'm I'm exhausted. It's been a lot of work. I'm supposed to, my launch day is today, and there are so many problems. Like, I haven't really even been online yet to promote it. You're the first time I'm online today, so. Okay. What, what, what are we launching? Yeah, what are we launching? Uh, I'm launching Funny Shrink University program, uh, helping healthcare workers bring humor into their work. It's pretty exciting. It's innovative. I'm excited for it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been a social worker for God, 20 something years. And I, I loved being a social worker always. And I never thought I could be a therapist because I thought I would have to lose that funny part of myself um, when I'm counseling people. But I, I realized that after speaking to a supervisor who I thought was hilarious, that you can do it. You can incorporate the two worlds. And so I found a way to do it and it works. Okay, awesome. So you saying social workers are funnier than <laughs> counselors? Oh, you're not going to get me in trouble, Doc. Oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting the foot in my mouth. Um, no, I'm just teasing. I'm not saying that at all. Oh no, I know. Yes, yeah, awesome. Yeah, and so this is. I didn't realize that Funny Shrink University is launching today. That yes, fantastic, yes. fantastic. I love the idea of humor in that. You just have to make sure you don't laugh at the wrong time, I'm sure. That's probably the right. biggest thing. Right. And so many people are scared. Like, I, I've heard lots of people say, I can't use humor. I, it's inappropriate. And, like, what I want to do is teach people how to use it appropriately and place their interventions strategically so that you can go deeper into the work. Yeah. And so how do you even begin um, using humor? And especially we're in a time period now where um, the great thing about it is we're all in it in the sense of this whole right. pandemic and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the sad thing is it's, it's a terrible thing. So how do you invite humor into all that? I say humor, come on in. Um, so I just, uh, I just, 
we're we're sitting down, we're talking. Let's say you and I we're having a conversation, and you're talking about some deep trauma, and I see that we've reached a plateau. Like you can't go any deeper because you're so upset. So what I will do, I call this the laughter break method, um, where we will just say, I, I'll say, you know what? Did you see that thing? I'll just, I'll just start talking. Did you see that TV show where, and then we'll talk about something silly and I'll make them laugh a little bit and like give them a little bit of distance from their trauma. And then once, once I see the, the redness in their cheeks again, I go, okay, are you ready to die back in? Because when people get tr triggered, they, the color goes out of their face. You might notice that. And so that's one of the indications for me, like, oh, we're, we're, reaching, a, we're reaching a breaking point. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's very in intuitive. And it, you do have to follow the affect of your clients. So um, that has a lot of depth to it, you know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, really, I think that this is going to do exceptionally well. Have you always been humorous, Mike? Uh, <laughs> funny thing is, I don't think I'm the funniest person in my family. I think there are tons of funnier people. One of my cousins is hilarious. That kid can make you laugh anytime. Um, I just think I I grew up as when I was 18 months old, I was in a car accident. And I, as a result, I have a, something a cerebral palsy. I have a traumatic brain injury and I can't use my left side. I walk with a limp and my left arm doesn't work too well. So um, I realized at a very young age, if I could make people laugh, they wouldn't feel sorry for me. And so at seven years old, I started to learn how to make people laugh. And it stuck with me. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I would be a, um, a full-time world-renowned comedian. And once I started to make it, I realized the, the, being in the spotlight really gave me a lot of anxiety. So I pulled back and start, went to this training program for psychotherapy and. You made it work in. for you. So it, yeah, humor has always been a part of my life. Always. Yeah, I know. I mean, I forgot to mention that he's been a part of the laugh factory in the short bus comedy tour, which is fab fabulous. It's in the sense of, all the abilities you have to do um, comedy and stuff. Yeah. And on the show here, um, we're talking about intimacy. And so one of the mm -hmm. things that I usually ask my um, guests is what does intimacy mean to you? Um, intimacy means, I'm sorry about the sounds, means being close, uh, being being intimate, being able to connect with someone in a way that is authentic and not, it doesn't, I think when most people hear the word intimacy, they think bound chicka bound bound, like let's get on. <laughs> and that to me is the furthest thing from intimacy. That's just one aspect of being intimate with somebody else. But true intimacy is about vulnerability and letting letting the other person see your authentic self yeah wow and then when you add humor to that you know the humor intimacy yeah how does that impact that connection um god it's it's such a it's such a beautiful piece of work to be able to witness someone coming alive through humor or feeling better when you make them laugh. And I, I find like with, with most people I work with, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of people in my practice who are like, I've, I, I hate therapy. I never want to go to therapy. Uh, I've had this therapist, they were horrible. And I'll start working with them and, you know, I'll make them laugh. I'll make them see things differently. I'll be more authentic. 
and um, more relational and they will they'll they'll enjoy the work which i think is a huge testament to not to me but to to just being able to connect with someone authentically to right. be intimate right yeah yeah what about you guys like you guys forgive me i'm a therapist i'm <laughs> and i'm not at all hell so what about you guys how do you work you um, dr april no, I kind of do a little bit of what you just said in the sense of when there's trauma, I'm talking about something serious and I can feel that they're, they're there, but they're not ready to really go there. Then I will mm-hmm. back off. I will joke around before I come back into it. Um, yes. And my humor is right. kind of sometimes dry, I guess. I'm not sure, but I'll laugh at myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mazzy, you're your best audience. I don't blame you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and Dr. Kelly loves being on the stage. She, she's a hilarious, so I let her. I've been getting in trouble for laughing for a long time, and um, I do find that I do use it a bit in probably not to the depth that you do. I do use it within my sessions with clients, but um, at the end of the sessions when we laugh so much, I'm like, I can't believe I'm charging them because yeah. it was- therapeutic for both of us. I mean, and it really is a good lens to just focus on something that I never thought about how you said when somebody's like starting to um, have their affect change and their faces turning white and they're connecting with their trauma to use humor to bring them back to the surface a bit. So I appreciate that advice. I will use that because affect and studying how a person is um, reacting while they're talking about trauma and life events is very critical. So thank you for that, Mike. Thank you. That, that, that comment means the world to me because I, all through creating this program, I'm like, you know, this imposter syndrome, you're a fraud. You don't know what you're talking about. You're making things up. So this is really helpful hearing the feedback from you guys. I, have you ever um, felt like, um, uh, okay, so I'm a third born, so I've been getting in trouble for laughing for a very long time. Uh, but have you ever felt like uh, some people say, well, you're supposed to be serious, you know, you're, you know, a professional. And I went through a period of time where I really did believe that lie. Like I had to be serious. Right. And uh, it was boring. <laughs> I was bored. I almost it. it's horrible. And then my sister said, "Kelly, you you have humor. Use it. People are you're boring people." <laughs> <laughs> have, has that ever happened to any of you? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want? Oh no, you, no, no, you can take it. You can take Please. it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's for me, like I, that's why I thought I couldn't do the work. I, I wasn't willing to sacrifice my sense of humor. And like I gravitated towards jobs and social work where I was working in communities where I could be more myself. And I realized through that work, like I could... I could joke around and real with someone and really create a a great intervention that helped them change. Like I had, when I worked in an adult day treatment program for people with HIV and AIDS, I had this client whose nickname was Fury because he was so angry all the time. And, um, one day he was screaming at somebody and it was early in the morning. It was like eight thirty nine a.m. So rather than walk away, I walked up to him. I put my hand on his shoulder and go and said, good morning, sunshine. How are you? And he looked at me and started laughing because no one ever called him sunshine. And from that moment on, it was our own little connection. Like, Whenever he would start to yell, I go, sunshine, what's going on? And he would laugh. And so it, I find like those little things that make us ourselves are what we need to bring into the work. Yeah, definitely. But we're going to take a small break. But when we come back, I would love to hear how, because you mentioned a couple of things here, how mm-hmm. um, you had these thoughts of maybe I'm a fraud, maybe I'm this, I'm that. 
these negative thoughts and how you use your humor to get out of that, but also how we can use humor to increase intimacy in our life. So we're going to take a short break. Um, but before we take a short break, I do want to talk to everyone about April is the month of child abuse. And so for child abuse, which is really a serious thing that has happened, we do also have an agency that works very well in helping families connect through the foster care system and providing therapy. And the charity of the month that we're sponsoring is the Sterling Center. So think about the Sterling Center. They help children work through trauma. And if you're interested, go to the sterlingcenter.org. We'll take a small break and when we'll be back, we're gonna learn more about how we can use humor to take away negative thoughts and to bring back more intimacy. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the Vacation Counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy, and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bring an Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. So before we get back into the topic, I want to tell you guys that like we brought um, Mike Cattell here to talk to us about intimacy and and humor. We, Dr. Kelly and I love to bring in great people, great weekly shows and topics, and we love to give tips on intimacy. So if you're wanting to get involved, um, think about joining our Patreon. Our Patreon is a tier that you can go on for $5 a month. We will send you intimate reflection and intimacy tip of the week. You'll get some of the background things that happen, some of the funny bloopers. You get to be um, really intimate with Dr. Kelly and I. So all Mike, that for five bucks. Exactly. <laughs> look at Mike. Oh, look at Mike. Yes. <laughs> you look like a point. Should yes. I get my eyebrows done? What do you think? Yeah, you should have those threaded. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> my wife, I put this on. My wife told me I needed a nose job. <laughs> they wax noses now. Did you know that? Oh, I, really? I didn't uh, know that. And that yes. is scary. Yes. <laughs> do you uh, do you work with children also, Mike? I, I have. I mean, it's not my specialty. My wife's a social worker as well, and she works a lot with kids. And so, um, you know, I loved, uh, that's what I wanted to focus on, but the universe had other ideas for me. So <laughs> yeah. every job I've gotten has been with adults. Okay, awesome. I'm talking about the universe and how you just mentioned in the last segment, how you had these um, negative thoughts, because a lot of people mm -hmm. suffer from that. How do you move forward with your humor? Because it said to you, you know, you're not funny, but you, you know you're funny. Yeah. How did you even work through all that? I, I think, um, I, you know, there, like my humor is one of the one things I know is mine. I've, I've worked <laughs> hard at developing it. I'm, I'm good at it. And I, I think like when I think I'm a fraud or that I'm being ridiculous, like I'll just try to right size those ideas. I'll try to make them smaller. I'll pretend they get like that big and then I'll step on them or I'll sit on them or something. Yeah, silly. definitely sit on them. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, get up. 
it up. No, you can't <laughs> fail at being you, Mike. And it looks like you're doing yeah. a plus plus on that. I but am trying. I'm trying, Dr. Kelly. Thank you. I think it's when we try to be something that we're not, that we think that we have to be. And you said early in your career, you know what, I'm going to be me and I'm going to adapt and find things that work for me and other people will adapt to that. And from all of the things that you have done and by seeing your resume, um, you're making it work just fine. What's one of your favorite venues to uh, work with people? Is it in individual or is it like group mental health care? I I do mostly individual. I like couples works because it keeps me active. Like I don't feel like I'm gonna fall asleep when <laughs> I'm, I'm meeting with somebody if there if there are two people in the room. Um, one best example of intimacy and in couples work is I was I was working with a couple who had on Zoom who have a five-month-old son, relatively newborn, and uh, they're they're in the middle of starting to argue, and the son's there, and all of a sudden, and they're going back and forth, and I'm trying to, like, couples work is really like you're doing double dutch with people, like, you're trying to jump in, you're like, when's the best time to, uh, yes, and so I say, I say to them, that I, I say to them, okay, guys, I'm down and they keep on going and then the baby goes ah, yeah, ah, and starts making noise I go that's right he knows what I'm talking about he has the right idea and they both stopped and started laughing and we were able to get back to the work mm-hmm. and um you know we talked about how the fighting affects the right. family dynamic and all of that but I think those are the moments where you, we realize, okay, I can make a difference by helping people learn to laugh because Victor Borg said laughter is the shortest distance between two people. If that's not real intimacy, I don't know what is. Right. For our audience out there that are listening, um, and they may be like, how can I use humor? How, How can I use it to get, you know, I'm closer to my partner or closer to my husband. How can I use humor? That is a great question. I think part of it is, um, do you do you guys laugh together? Do, the question I would have for you is, what, what made you fall in love with each other? Because humor, is, on any dating app, humor is the number one thing people mention aside from looks or, you know, what some, maybe something a little naughty, like uh, the humor is the best feature most people find attractive. And so I would wonder what made you fall in love with your partner? What made you want to spend so much time with them? Is it their looks or is it their personality or is it their humor? Okay, what makes what makes you what do you find humorous about them what makes you laugh what do they do that helps you connect better and i would really go on a fact finding mission about why why you chose this partner like i i dated someone who didn't think i was funny that relationship ended faster than you could say bye felicia <laughs> You know, I often ask people um, when I'm getting to know them, what, uh, who was the last person that made you laugh out loud? So I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you that, not that we're dating, mind you, but who was the last person that made you laugh out loud? Oh, my wife. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that we're in quarantine together and stuck inside all the time, but she is one of the funniest people we connected on our humor when we first met. And so that is something that she makes me laugh constantly. And then, you know, I have friends who I'm really close to who I call up and we just laugh and laugh. I do a podcast with another comedian and he makes me laugh. Uh, 
You know, I try to surround myself with people that make me laugh. My uh, my daughter makes me laugh. She's hilarious. She's like, she's seven. And so she came in this morning and goes, um, it's a... Uh, it's it's April Fools. I go really, and I, I go uh, your shoes untied. And she looks down and she's barefoot. I go, ha ha! You have no shoes, April Fools. Yes, <laughs> she got so mad. She's like, I'm not wearing shoes. It can't be an April Fools joke. <laughs> um, so tell me something. Uh, your wife's name isn't Felicia, right? No, it's Jeanette. Because <laughs> you didn't say Jeanette. bye to her. <laughs> well, Jeanette, it sounds like you have a fantastic family. Were you? Um, you said that you are not the funniest person in your family. Now, do you do you have an individual practice, or are you in a family practice for your mental health? I'm in it. Uh, individual. I don't invite my family into my individual practice. I can't deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell my family can't afford me. The people that don't pay are usually the people that complain. You notice that, right? right? Exactly. Somebody exactly. asked me, like, uh, when they asked me for advice, then I gave them the answer. They said, who are you to tell me? I'm like, I'm the one you asked. <laughs> you know? So, uh, hey, uh, I have a question for you. And we'll probably have some questions from some listeners soon. Uh, but how should a client look for a provider that brings humor into the office. Can you give any well, advice on that? That is a great question. I like when I, I, I would say you want to find someone who isn't so rigid, like who isn't so I, so concerned about things being a right way or a wrong way because. I think humor for me is about making mistakes. Like I look at, I look at life as imperfect. And if I can utilize my humor to uh, deal with my imperfections, like that's how I handle it. And so that's what I look for when, if I was looking for a therapist who used humor, that's what I would look for. If, if they are very um, rigid about times or or their theories or not getting not being relational, um, that is something that I would think you know this isn't going to work for me. Is there a certain- another another thought I would another thing I would say is that the therapist should be relational and what that means to people who don't know what that means is that just means they should relate to you as another human being um they shouldn't think about oh i'm a therapist and i have to create this so we were taught in school this blank screen that, that you are going to tell bounce ideas off of no i want to i want to have a therapist who talks to me i want to know what you think so I think I, I have a client that calls me Doc. Hey, Doc. And I just love it. I just think it's fantastic to be called Doc. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Doctor. No, it's overlapping. It's not interrupting. Um, I had a client who used to call me Doc, and I would say, thanks for the upgrade, but I don't have my PhD. <laughs> what theory do you think... Um, I don't mean to monopolize this, but I'm so curious. Um, what theory do you think really aligns with having humor within it? Like, would it be Carl Rogers, the unconditional positive regard? Or is there like, what type of uh, psychological theory says, wow, this really aligns with incorporating humor? Positive psychology, definitely. Yes. Uh, Carl Rogers, you know, a lot of the literature cites Carl Rogers for using humor and I I also think I was trained as a gestalt therapist and I think that is a great model of how to be authentic with your clients it doesn't really talk about humor but it talks about authenticity 
like fantastic. Yes. Samuel Gadding, I think it's his name. He also used a lot of poetry and stuff. But going back to what you were saying, Mike, I think in the sense of the humor, it's it's about being authentic. Because mm-hmm. when we're authentic and we are having um, an intimate conversation, um, and counseling is very intimate, or it should be, yeah, then we can uh, explore different topics and laugh about it and be ourselves. And in do that, that's when we can truly bond and, yeah, and find the truth of whatever what they're talking about. I'm having so much fun with you guys. This yeah. is incredible. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? Um, Dr. April makes me laugh too. And we just were completely different. And I was just having a visual of this time that I had to be funny, you know, like I had to be funny for something like they put you on stage and they're like, okay, be funny. And I couldn't do it. I'm just like, it has to be organic. It just has to happen. So what about you, Mike, when you go into a session and you're not really that happy that day? That happens with all of us, right? Like, you know, I I had a therapist once. To, I, I told him I opened up an email from a client right before a session, and I was so upset that it was hard to stay present during that session. He's like, so don't open emails before your sessions. I'm like, smart man. <laughs> um, but I think we all go through that. And, you know, I think this is where my training as a stand-up comes in like we I could be in a bad mood right before I go on stage and everything has to go out the window when I go up on stage I don't have the luxury to be in a bad mood so I've learned to to I've learned to gather all my energy internally and fake it and you know that that, that's a technique I have and I, I it transfers from stage to therapy there are days when I don't want to be talking to people, not to sound rude. So, but you know, we've all been there where you just have a day where you're like, please don't bother me. Just go home. <laughs> just phone a friend instead. Come on. Yes. So Mike, I was wondering, um, cause you mentioned stand up and with stand up, I'm assuming you have um, jokes in your back pocket. So yeah. With someone who, um, struggles with humor is it good for them to memorize a few jokes to have in the back pocket I don't so I don't think using humor in your sessions is about being funny like I I think that's a myth I I think it's really about being authentic because I'm quirky. Like I'm, I'm the type of person who I'm just, I'm quirky and I'm weird and I'm silly. And that's, that's how my personality shines. And that's what makes me funny. I'm not, I'm not there going, oh, these are the jokes. You got to laugh patient. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect with people and be authentic. And I do that, but and that, and when I do that, I'm able to connect using humor. Okay. What about the um, average person? The average person who's trying to connect with maybe a date or something, hmm. and they want to use humor. Do they need to? I would. I would say. I would say, when you're on a date, don't ever make fun of your date <laughs> because yeah. there will never be a second date, right? Yeah. And. It, like I would really say you have to watch how you if you want to connect with humor, watch, observe what's going on around you. Like look at look at the waiter, look at the other people online, look at and just look at funny things. We find humorous things by looking at what is not normal, what is not expected. What is not like it's um, I was on stage um, during a show, doing a show in a bowling alley, and I had this heckler in the audience who just kept on heckling me, and uh, he said something, and I said, uh, sir, you're in a bowling alley, buy better shoes, and like it was the only thing I could think of to say that would connect where we were 
with someone to like put them down in a gentle way so that I could get back to doing the job I was hired to do. <laughs> if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes definitely, that makes tons of sense. Yes. Well, we're going to take another short break, but when we come back, we're going to get questions from the audience about humor and intimacy. If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web. You type in therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. (sighs) How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. DrKellyBoucher.com Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy Show, where intimacy is real. Yes. So, Dr. Kelly, do you have some questions? Uh, I do have one. Um, it's actually from one of the panelists, Dr. Kelly. So I'm sorry, I'm just going to be greedy and I'm going to ask the first question. Um, you, to both of you, we are trained therapists, trained clinicians, uh, educated. And uh, I've been told not to say some words like don't ever say interesting or, you know, don't like, you can track by saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I have found that sometimes I'll be smiling because something they say will be funny, but it's not really funny, a funny time to be smiling. Has that happened to you, Mike? And if so, what do you do? Because I catch myself and I'm like, because it's not really fun for the couples when their therapist is smiling, when they're not smiling themselves. So what would you recommend, Mike, in that instance? Would you say, come on, doc, just. What would you encourage? If, if I'm laughing authentically, I would use that as material for the session. I'm, I'm, you know, especially if there's a tense moment, I would go, hey, guys, wait, wait, wait. So something you said really struck me as funny. And I just want to share it with you. What do you think about that? Like, am I off? Did I, am I finding this humorous wrong so pull them in and say yeah right exactly yeah okay yeah and i would and i would say um sometimes i guess maybe it's a vision that came in my head of something and trying to explain it but being very um empathetic of what they actually look like (laughs) you know um and sometimes people can laugh that way also and they can understand the the joke. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. You guys are making a lot of sense today. I do have a question from somebody in the audience. It's actually uh, a serious question. Uh, uh, bringing up Robin Williams, who used humor throughout his life and even in Patch Adams and wanted to ask what you thought of humor and helping people heal. I like Patch Adams is one of my heroes. Like I, when I was creating one of these courses, I did a lot of research on Patch Adams and um, the way he used humor to connect is, is something that's, it's why I do this work. Um, I, I'm in alignment with him. Uh, he's, he had a rough life, like not rough, but, his dad died when he was 17, and then they moved from Germany to uh, Virginia. And when he was in Virginia, he connected with an uncle who he felt like was a second father. And that uncle committed suicide very shortly after. Mm. And he just dropped out of medical school. He uh he put himself into a mental institution and tried to get better. So 
he he got better using humor. That's how he dealt with things. And I think it's so important to heal. And Robin Williams is actually, he's the stand-up comedian I wanted to emulate and be most like. Um, uh, let's dig deeper into this, Mike, uh, because it's very sad to think that Robin Williams, who is known for his humor, took his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's dig into that a little bit. Um, you know, he, you wanted to emulate him. Um, do you think that people that have humor also have that darker side? Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I will, as, as they say in the biz, I will self-disclose. I have, I have a, um, I have a disorder called cyclothymia, which, um, uh, one of my counseling students, uh, one of my counseling clients once called diet bipolar, which I thought was hilarious because what cyclothymia is, is it's, it's like bipolar, but the moods fluctuate really quickly. And so I could experience highs and lows within the same day, even within the same couple of hours. And that has, that has helped me realize just how hard it is to stay happy when you're dealing with a mental illness. And Robin Williams, suffered in silence i think i think when we are performers people don't want to see the hard things people don't want to see the depression they don't want to see the sadness they want you just to make me laugh monkey yeah keep it together yeah that's i and i think he like it came out he also struggled with uh being diagnosed with Parkinson's, I think. So for a comedian who was so physical, I, I imagine he his life was over. There's so much more to that story, I'm sure. And for our listeners, if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts, please reach out. You can dial a hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Thank you for disclosing that because if that's authentic, I'm, I myself am humorous. Um, I haven't, uh, had thoughts of uh, harming myself, but I do struggle at times with going out into the public and then withdrawing. I have, I can only go out for a period of time. I'm not an agoraphobic, but okay. And then I have to retreat and recharge. So, um, but I really like your style, Mike. Um, A question came in asking about your, your university and how people can get information on that. Uh, you could go to funnyshrinkuniversity.com. Um, we just opened the doors today, so there are a lot of kinks. Be kind. Uh, if you have trouble finding it, reach out to me on, um, if you have any trouble signing up, reach out to me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, Mike Cateo, I will get back to you. Um, you could also email Mike at funnyshrinkuniversity.com. Um, and if you have troubles or if you have like anything, just reach out, pick up a phone, call a friend, <laughs> call a friend. Did yeah. you get any questions, Dr. April? Cause I have one more. Okay. Yeah. One, one, well, I do have one quick question just for, just since we're talking about the university. So is the university for master level clinicians or for anyone? Um, it's for it's for anyone, but I am my idea is that it's for uh, healthcare professionals across the board. Okay. Like I, but my wheelhouse is uh, psychotherapy, so a lot of it will be psychology based. Um, and what we are doing is starting in June, we're having uh, guest presenters come in, and these are going to be um, stand-up comedians, public speakers, and entertaining professionals who will uh, teach on topics they know personally. Like my first, my first six months are set. I'm having someone come in to talk about neurobiology, borderline personality disorder, suicide. Um, My mentor is coming in to do her class on uh, borderline personality disorder diagnosis through song, 
which is hilarious. She diagnoses BPD through music. Um, so, uh, and we will, we're in the process of getting credentialed for con to offer continuing education credits for uh, psychologists and other healthcare professionals. So I'm excited about it. Okay, awesome. Before I let Dr. Kelly ask her question, uh, I want to nominate um, a guest speaker for your thing. I want to nominate Dr. Kelly Boucher. She does a lot <laughs> with comedy and with uh, Native Americans and yes, and um, a lot in the sense of trauma. So I just want to say that. So uh. yes, yes. Thank you. I'll say yes, absolutely. Because I already feel my endorphins releasing just being in the same room here. You do look like you have like a uh, a tattoo on your forehead right now. Yes. I wasn't looking at The moon me. is setting yeah. on your forehead. <laughs> it's a full moon. Um, yes. So uh, the question. That's, that's better than a rifle. <laughs> that's for sure. It wasn't a red dot. <laughs> hey, uh, this is from Sylvia, and Sylvia asked if you incorporated, you and your wife incorporated humor in your wedding. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, it was, so um, I have a friend, who, Sharon Simon, who I've known through stand-up for a very long time. She would kill me if I told you how long I've known her for. Um, and so she she performed the wedding. She's an officiant. And so she made it so humorous and so funny. And uh, my wife is such a funny person that her vows were hilarious. And I, I've kissed a lot of frogs. So when I... Um, when we got married, I was up there and we got married just in October. And so oh, when we got up there, thank you. Yes. I was here. I cried the whole ceremony. And my father was teasing me throughout the whole wedding about crying. But I was, I was so emotional because I, I really feel like I found my soulmate. That's beautiful. Don't make me cry. This is supposed to be humorous. I'm glad you have. It's a Janet. You said Jeanette. 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 Um, you know, I'm yeah. getting married in September. Whoa! Congratulations. Whoa! I don't know who or which September, but I chose the month. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was about. I was like, is this an April Fool's joke? I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I'm two thirds married. I said yes, and the preacher said yes. <laughs> okay. Got to find the person to say yes. You just got to find the other person. I know, yeah. but Dr. April about fell off her chair. <laughs> I know. My mouth was like, ah. Okay. I, I love first. your last name, Dr. Pepper. Oh, thank you. I know a lot of people say to me, they say, hey, are you related to Bobby Boucher? I'm like, yes, he's my cousin. Is he really? No. I don't even know. No, but we, I can't believe of all the names in our family, we don't have a body. So. I, like when I saw your name, I, I, I said, Dr. Kelly Boucher. Like right on. You know, if I mind. have a, if I get a dog, I'll call him Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bobby Boucher, get here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your significant other that you're going to marry could take your last name. <laughs> oh, Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, right. Hey, it's this is 21st century. We're still yeah. in the 21st century, aren't we? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that after last year and this year so far, but yes, yes. But now we have some resources to learn about laughter and to to um sometimes you just have to laugh at things because you can't change it and it's about your perspective. So yes, yeah. Mike, I have been so thrilled to have you on the show. Thank yes. you, guys. This has been the best hour I've spent in a long time. Oh, you're welcome back anytime. Tell us again about how we can connect with you um, about your podcast, because that's something we haven't talked about. And anything uh, else? I, I have a the Funny Shrink podcast. I'm really bad about uploading the episodes, but it goes live to YouTube. So you could search the YouTube channel, uh, the Funny Shrink podcast, and we have about 30 or so episodes up there. And uh, it's great. We interview 
comedians and mental health professionals and regular people about how they use humor to navigate trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to Dr. It's, Kelly again. Yeah. I'm going to be all over my feed. <laughs> I would be I'm honored. Here. I would be honored. Yes. Awesome. I'm definitely um, going to check that out. I, I definitely want to have you on. So what you said you get up on stage. Do you do a lot of conferences? Or I do. I do a lot of conferences. And ever since I was in my 20s, I have used humor because my self-disclosure is that I have a little bit of social anxiety that people don't know about. So I have always used humor to mask that. And some people yeah. may be listening to this now and say, uh, right, Kelly, uh, really? You have social anxiety? You never meet a stranger. Well, that's because I want <laughs> to meet them and get it over with. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I just think, you know, there's a lot of scientific basis on humor to heal. And I did need to laugh today. And I just, it was so joyful to meet you today, Mike, and spend time, of course, with Dr. April. It's a, truly a privilege to be a part of your journey and to let people know about funnyshrinkuniversity.com. I see Thank it doing you. very well. From your mouth to God's ears. And I do talk to him. So I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> yes. So, uh, we do have upcoming shows on April 8th, Marilyn Boker, Sexology 101. Mm, April wow. 15th, right? Michelle Edwards, financial compatibility. You know, people, how people spend their money. You got to find out what they value, how you spend yes. your money and how you spend your time. On April 22nd, Ron Kamen on environmental intimacy, awesome earth. And then I love this one, April 29th, Michaela Cox, 38 triple D, thriving through all things. Definitely caught my attention there. Remember, uh, th for those of you that are listening, don't forget to follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of the BIB community, request uh, to join the Bringing Intimacy back on Facebook, our group page. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, of course, um, we're on Spotify and iTunes and iHeart and all of that other stuff. It's joyous. But if you want to hear more about doc from Dr. April and myself, we go live on Clubhouse every Friday morning. And tomorrow we're talking about uh, the passion week. So we'll talk more about relationships on intimacy. So it's just a joy to be a part of your journey today, Mike. Thank you so much, guys. Ladies, may I call you ladies? Thank you so much. <laughs> At least one of us. <laughs> you can pick which one. <laughs> I'm probably in, I'm in a dress today and Dr. April is normally in a dress. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much um, for being on the show. And thank you again, Dr. Kelly. And for those of us, again, who are really wanting to get involved, find us on Patreon and join us and become one of our members so you can get some inc inclusive stuff. All right. This has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show, where intimacy is real. Thank you guys. And today, make sure you laugh because April is a wonderful month and today's the first day of the rest of your life. Amen. Oh, I love that. That sounded like a prayer. <laughs> yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, y'all.